All right, I need to, to borrow a legal tender note from someone. The higher it is, the better. Oh, yeah, I'll take money from my father-in-law. <laughs> All right. Whoa! Good luck getting this back. This is 100. That's amazing. Okay. So I flip it over on the back. Let's, let's make sure this isn't counterfeit. It's legit. Okay. Um, why wasn't this in the offering earlier? <laughs> We're just going to go put it in there now. Maybe it was. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Okay. So on the front, we have a wonderful picture of Benjamin Franklin. Um, and actually, this is perfect. This is perfect. And then on the back, we have something. I'm going to get into that in a second. But how many of you um, have, have seen this symbol before? I think I have a picture of it. Have you ever seen this? All right. It's becoming a little bit more uh, popular again. It says this, rebellion to tyrants is obedience to whom? To God. That's what it says. And I don't know if you can make out what the picture here is. This is a picture of Pharaoh's art. Moses is up there in the top left corner. Um, there's, I think, the pillar of fire. That's what that is. And this is Pharaoh and Pharaoh's army right there. And they're crossing the Red Sea. And, and the story goes that the Red Sea collapsed over them. And, and they all perished. But they were running away from slavery. They were leaving the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh uh, at first sent them. But he changed his mind and brought them back. And so for a long time, this was... A, a popular uh, saying that Benjamin Franklin, I think Jefferson and a few others of them really wanted this to kind of be one of the things that was out there all the time when you think of America. Because of course, uh, we are made up of rebels in some ways because we left the British, right? So this became Benjamin Franklin's, which is ironic because this is the bill he hands me. Benjamin Franklin's you know, personal motto is rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. Well, they, some of them wanted that on the currency, and it never quite made it there. Instead, on the back of most currency, we see what? In God we, in God we trust. And, and so a lot of the different founding fathers, not all of them, I, I would say, were, were Christians in the sense that we think of Christians. Most of them were deists, which means they believed in a God. They believed that God exists or that at least the higher power and authority, um, the laws should be re revolve around that. And most of our government is essentially made up of the Ten Commandments in different ways. And a lot of Western society and even non-Western society abide by those commandments in different ways. But we, we have in God we trust, and that was put on the currency not immediately, but in 1864, Solomon P. Chase was Lincoln's secretary, and he received a letter from a Pennsylvanian minister requesting some recognition of God in the national motto. And eventually it was put on there, and then later on it was put on all the bills after 1955, the vote was elected to put in on all U.S. dollars. So it's, it's really interesting that that is there because often I think um, even as Christians we trust in God but we're also deeply concerned about money, right? And he's thinking about that right now. I'll give it back to him. <laughs> um, but yeah, in God, in God we trust. And, and that brings me to uh, Proverbs 18.21. 
And this verse isn't directly related, but I think it relates to what we're going to do today. Because what I, I want you to do is, is, this morning I want you to be encouraged, but I want you to leave with a little bit of ammo in your pocket, a little bit of, of thought in your mind that you can use when you face your next difficult time, because it's going to happen, it's going to come. And Proverbs 18.21 says this, Death and life are in the power of the what? The tongue... And those who love it will eat its fruits. And it was talking about knowledge and wisdom there too. So what we say impacts what we think and what we do. And this is, is deeply true. So what we think actually changes our body's chemicals. It changes how we interact with people around us. It can change our thought process. So this morning, uh, my alarm went off and I woke up. And I got out of bed, and I walked into the restroom, and I'm looking in the mirror, and it looked horrible. And I thought to myself, I just want to go back to sleep. I just want to go back to bed. If I keep telling myself that, eventually I'm going to feel what? Tired. More tired, right? This, this happens with aches and pains and everything else. If you wake up and you're feeling aches and pains, you start saying, oh, oh I feel so bad, I feel so bad, I feel so sick, I feel so that... Um, you can begin to talk yourself into that. In some ways, what you think controls your body's response. And the tongue has a different power to it all together in that what we speak, if we say, hey, I'm going to go to this place or I'm going to go to that place, we're creating plans with our tongue. And when we say, I'm going to do this, it actually builds a positive statement in our mind and we're more likely to follow through on it. So, our, our brain is kind of wrapped in what, with what we say and what we think and actually endorphins and dopamine and all these other chemicals that are naturally in our bodies are released when we think negative thoughts or positive thoughts. So dopamine would be released when we think positive thoughts and, and other chemicals are released when we think negative ones. So actually our thought process and our tongues control a lot of the trajectory of where we're going and how we're going to feel in that day. So death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So then, in essence, we should be saying good things with our tongue, right? We should be saying positive things and, and, and saying positive things in our life. Um, Miss uh, Selena was talking about this a while ago. Have you ever been in a situation where you're trying to do something, and, and you're like the little train that can't? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? How many of you have read the little, the little Train That Could? Yeah? How about the opposite end? I find myself on the opposite end sometimes. Oh, I can't do this. It's too much. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. You ever can't yourself out of something that's good? Yeah. This is what happens all the time in our lives. We, we say, I can't, before we even try. Or we fail once and we say, I can't. Or it's just not in the cards for me. And we make all these excuses. And what we're doing is we're building a, a roadway, a path to defeat, because whenever you say something, whenever you think something, you're creating new, new pathways in your mind about where you're going to go and what you're going to do. And if you are negative enough, eventually you will become exactly what you say you're going to be, and you're going to lose because you're talking in a losing mentality. If you're speaking positive, you're going to gradually inch up. I'm not saying you're going to succeed right away, and I'm not saying we're speaking things into existence or anything like that, but it is easy to defeat yourself with the power of your own tongue. And often you are your own worst enemy. How many of you know that's true? Like even if 
you're thinking it's someone else that's talking about you, the truth is you're probably thinking about them talking about you more than they're actually talking about you. And you're allowing them in your head a lot longer than they even think about you. Your enemy, your arch enemy, like if we're all going to wear super capes and go out and, you know, this is what's happening in our mind. We're our own worst enemy. So the power of the tongue has a big deal to do with our mind and everything else. And this brings me to the verse that I want to jump into. And Miss Selena even opened this up, and we didn't plan this, but God knows, right? Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. I want you to stand up and stretch real quick, because I'm going to have you read this with me, okay? All right, stretch it out. Oh, oh, that cracked. Okay. All right, let's read it together. One, two, three. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. All right, we're going to, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Let's do it one more time. Go back. Okay. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Okay. Sit down. Sit down. I, I want to go over this verse and over this verse enough to where it's in your mind in some way today. Because I think this is one of the verses that can change your life if you grab a hold of it. I think if you grab a hold of this and, and figure out how to live this out, because it's very simple. It's very simple when we read it, but it's very complex to apply. How many would you say that? It's difficult to live this out everywhere. It, it, it's easy to understand. It's difficult to, to live out. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and... Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. He will make straight your paths. So what we're talking about is understanding what the will of God is. What is the will of God? Miss Selena was talking about it before where she said, you know, you may desire to do this, and that may be a good thing, but it may not be what God's will is for you, and you should seek God first. And that's what this verse is talking about. It's talking about seeking Him and looking to Him for what you should do. Because a lot of the times we're filled with general knowledge. We have all the experiences, all the education, all of the life things that have happened to us. And from that, we try to make good decisions. And that does help often. Like if we continue to make good decisions, it helps us improve and, and make better decisions later. And our experiences can guide us and show us. But the problem sometimes is we go with knowledge and we leave revelation behind. And what I mean by revelation is that God wants to speak to his people and wants to guide them in many different ways. And and we believe that one of the ways that God does that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. But we also believe it's through the Word of God. That the Bible itself tells us things that we need to know and shows us what we should do. How many of you have installed toilets before? How many of you love installing toilets? All right, I'm calling you up later. That was for my own personal purpose. No. I, I have installed a lot of toilets, and it probably started in our old, you know, 1800s home with my 
my dad, eventually I'm sure he was having me help him because uh, my younger brothers would shove like whole apples down the toilet and they like putting those Mattel cars into the toilet bowl because when you flush it, they would roll back up and down. And, and we would, at different times, we only had one toilet for eight or 10 people in the house and then that toilet would be plugged. And so that, that was bad news. So we'd have to lift it up and, and pull things out and stuff like that. And eventually, um, I've had to replace toilets in my own home. And uh, I, was, I was working on this, this toilet uh, on a property and I, uh, I had to put a new toilet in, but it was in an upstairs old house and the floor was really uneven. You ever live in an apartment or have a, a floor where if you, you drop the, the marble, you have to watch out. It may not, you know, it may pierce the wall on the other side of the house because it's just so slanted. Well, it was a little bathroom, not much bigger than this right here. And uh, it was just very slanted. And so I put the toilet in, and of course it leaked. And, and so I started building it up and and I built like a plywood platform and I'm, I'm spending like six, six or seven hours on this nonsense. And I, I keep trying to get it there and I thought, well, it's level now and it won't sit, it won't, it won't work. And then, um, and, and then I read the directions. <laughs> and, and it said, I, what I was doing is I was just pushing it down um, and, and just tightening the bolts, right? I was putting the wax ring down and then I would tighten the bolts and then the wax ring would basically fail on me. And if, if you've installed toilets before, you know what my problem was. So it, it said, after you put the wax ring down, you put the toilet bowl on, you're supposed to sit on it. All right? And with the lid on and everything, we're not using it at this point. We're just sitting on it and you, and you sit the toilet, you seat the toilet. So that the wax ring forms the seal right there and, and stops it from leaking. And sure enough, the last time I did that, you know what it did? It worked. The toilet worked. So what was the difference? I thought I knew what I was doing. I had all the knowledge in my head about what I was supposed to do, but I didn't go back to the manufacturer's instructions to understand how the toilet was made and why I was failing at it. The maker of the toilet wrote the instructions there. And, and here's the application of how this works. God created you and he wrote how to live, how to behave, how to treat others, how to love others in his manual. It's a lot thicker than a toilet manual, but the same idea applies that when you live this out and when you actually follow the directions that God made, he will make your path straight. He will direct your path and you'll be walking in his will and his way instead of walking in your own knowledge because a lot of the times we forget or we misapply the knowledge we have because we didn't look at the manual. We didn't look first to the creator, the one who made us. But here's the thing. Sometimes we, we have... We have the word of God. We have all of this and we're looking for answers in this or we just skip over it. We skip over even looking to God and we go to Google. We go to our friends. We go to our knowledge base and we try to do it ourselves. And then we go back to God and ask him afterwards. How many of you have done that before? You know, where you try to do it your own way a few times and then you're like, okay, I guess I need... God in this situation. 
So then the question is, did God answer? Did God answer you already in his word? Is there a scripture, is there a verse that applies directly to your life in this situation? What is your issue today? Like, you know, what is the problem that you face that you're running up against that you don't think there's a way out of? What are you hitting your head against the wall on? Is it actually already in scripture, that answer? How many of you would say that you have at least one problem today? All right. Can we do something real quick here? I want... Everyone has to do it, otherwise it's going to be weird. <laughs> it's already weird, yeah. Well, you know, once I say that, it's already going to be weird. One, two, uh, well, let me think of what mine is. <laughs> All right. One, two, three. I want you to just say one of your problems. Doesn't have to be the biggest one in your life. Um, just uh, one of the issues that frightens you, that scares you, that is in front of you, that you don't know what you're going to do about. One, two, three, say it. I heard my name. Okay. So, so okay, is anyone, like, ha have you ever uh, Googled a Bible verse before? Like, you, okay, what's your problem? Google, you, go, you can actually go to Google and you type in whatever the issue is and then you can type in um, your problem and uh, Bible verse and a Bible verse will pop up. So let's just do this real quick. Does somebody have something they want me to look up? Let's see if this works, if, if I have reception here. No, one, no one's going to go now. No, I heard that. I heard that before. You're going to have to talk to God on that one. That's going to be divine revelation. Um, Maddie. One word. Anyone else? Just, just jump in there. Like one word. Alcohol. There's a lot of verses on those. All right. So we're going to just look this up. This is this would be an interesting uh, sermon topic. Okay, 25 top uh, Bible verses on this. Uh, 1 Corinthians is talking about temptation, and no temptation has overtaken you. So we could be talking about a lot of different things when it comes to alcohol. There's some people that have addictions to it, right? Um, there's other Bible verses in, I think, Proverbs that talk about how um, it's not useful for a, a leader to be given much to that. And then there's other verses that, that talk about how it's... This is not p pulling up as quickly as I thought it would. Why didn't you pick an easier one? <laughs> okay. And my... my uh, oh, Proverbs 23, 21. For the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty and slumber will clothe them in rags. Romans 13, 13 talks about it. Um, not to be overcome by that. Galatians 5, 1, for freedom, Christ has set us free, stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Um, there's other Bible verses that, that um, talk about not, not being drunk with wine. There's even one where Paul talks to Timothy and says, hey, you got a stomach problem, it's okay to have a little bit of wine with that. Now, the caveat with that, with that 
would be if you're an alcoholic, don't do it. You know what I mean? You got to stay away from that. You don't put yourself in the way of temptation. But there's Bible verse after Bible verse. Uh, if you have a pencil and a pen, write this one down because if you want a little bit more than just a Bible verse, then if you go to gotquestions.org, if you type that in, they even have an app there. It, it'll give you some pretty solid Bible references on anything about that. So we can actually, with the technology that we have, it doesn't have to be just a distraction. It can be a tool to find things in the, in the Word of God. So here's the thing, though. Sometimes we go to Scripture and we'll read something, but we're in the midst of trying to make a decision, and you'll read it, and you don't see the decision in the verse. Have you, have you done that before? Maybe it's like a, a life decision where it's a particular path. You know, should I take this job or should I move here or should I change what I'm doing in this way? And when we go to scripture, it says certain things that are kind of general and vague like, hey, um, you know, consult with a lot of different people. We've used that verse out of Proverbs where it says, you know, there's wisdom in, in having uh, a lot of counselors and a lot of people that are with you and, and giving you advice, wise advice. But what if it's too vague? Like we understand in concept, like, yeah, either of these decisions isn't a sin. It's not, neither right nor wrong. It's more of a path that we're trying to make. And if we go back to the Bible verse that we're looking, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. So yes, one of the ways that, that we have knowledge or we even have revelation is through the word of God. As Christians, that's what we believe. But another, another way that we can walk in is this idea of the Holy Spirit being able to speak directly to us. So before we jump into Scripture, one of the things that we should be doing and praying is, God, guide me as I read your word. Lord, guide me as I, I try to figure this out. Lord, make my path straight. Help me in this situation. I don't know everything that I'm supposed to do. And, and what, it, what it says in Scripture is that the Holy Spirit will, will speak to you and he'll confirm the way that you should go. And here's where we get tripped up sometimes on this path. Like, we're trying to walk this straight path, but we, we stall, we stop, we don't keep moving forward, we, we get nervous, we can't make a decision. And, and here's why I think that is sometimes it's because we may have scripture that tells us to go and do this, and we may even feel prompted by the Holy Spirit to move forward on this, but the problem is we don't see the end of the path. We don't see exactly where we're going. Like, we don't have the clearest picture and vision of what our future is going to look like. And so because we're afraid of what it could be and because we don't know what we don't know, we don't even start. How many of you have been afraid to start a journey because you don't know how it'll end? Or you don't know if you'll fail? We're driving our minivan this week and we're going about 30 or 40 miles an hour and I feel the transmission go... <laughs> And I start getting nervous. I don't know where I'm going to end. <laughs> I don't know if this thing's going to stall out. I think it's just slipping a little bit. It's fine. God, God is back here. We're here at church and everything else. But it's almost like you're starting out on this journey. And, and it, it's like you're jumping in the car and you're just going right, left, right. And you don't know where you're going. That's kind of how life is. And that's how this verse is so brilliant because it really doesn't tell us that God is going to show us everything. It says what? He will make straight your paths. He will guide you. 
So how does that work? Well, here's how it works. It doesn't, it doesn't show up like a GPS map that we can print off or look at and we can see the end destination everywhere. Here's what is actually happening. God is asking you to step out in faith and go one little inch at a time, one little step at a time. You know, Bob's baby steps, right? Just one little step. And here's what happens. As we go one little step, the Lord opens up the path in front of us to where we're going to go next. Now, earlier I showed you a picture of Pharaoh and the armies being overwhelmed by the flood. And before that, Moses and his group were lined up at the riverbank and they had nowhere to go and they were going to be trampled. But then they had to take one step and the water would part. They had to go into the danger area. They had to go one step at a time. And that's what God wants for you. He isn't going to say, here is exactly how everything is going to go because often that would rise panic in us. Instead, he's like, I am with you and I will show you one step at a time where to go. Amen? So God, God wants you to walk with him. God wants you to walk with him. But maybe he wants you to wait. Have you ever known that God just wants you to chill? Just chill out. Stop. Stop trying so hard. Just wait. And, and often I don't think that, that God wants us to do that. But there is a place where God wants to speak to us. And he wants to use time to his advantage and to our advantage. And he wants us to wait. Sometimes we try to cram too much stuff in too little time. How many of you remember college or high school when you had to write papers? <laughs> How many of you would say that you were just a little bit of a protag uh, protagonist? Not protagonist. I would say that too, yeah. But procrastinator, yeah. How many of you procrastinated before, yeah? Okay, let me tell you what would happen to me. And this, this happened at least once at least once. I, I, I'm in college and I'm writing a paper and I wait until the morning before I have to turn it in. And I'm up till three or four in the morning and I'm typing it. And at first it was slow going and then just the brilliant, the brilliant knowledge started to flow. You know, I just hit that peak after the third Mountain Dew and I was just going. And I'm telling you, incredible stuff was coming out that just would change the world. And I, you know, hit, hit it, all the word counts the right way. I formatted it the right way so it even stretched a little bit farther and looked bigger and better. And I print it off and I staple it and I get, get it ready in my bag so that I can hand it in, in tomorrow in the morning. And I go in and I hand it in proudly thinking this professor is going to be very impressed with my work. He may even ask me to come and help him. And then a few days later I get the grade back and I look at it and there's a lot of red all over it and it is not the grade I wanted and this professor is not impressed and I think maybe this was just above his head maybe my thinking was just a little bit too high for him you know he, he wasn't there he isn't there yet and I begin to read out loud the words I wrote on the page and three paragraphs in I realize this is absolute rubbish and I guarantee I deserve the grade that I got. Have you ever done that? I, well, I've done a lot. So here's, here's, you know what I did eventually. I figured out that what I should do is create space and time and I should start working on it earlier, right? That's exactly what I didn't do. 
<laughs> Instead, what I did is I went and hired an editor to go through it and then fix all my mistakes and tell me. But because I did that, I did have to complete the paper earlier, and it gave me more time to work on it and more drafts to complete it. And I got further, faster, and I got better grades, not because I was smarter, but because I had a little bit more time to work on it, right? Here's the thing. Sometimes you want to be at the end of the path already, and God says, I'm more interested in the journey than the destination, and I'm growing you for something, but it's going to take some time because I don't microwave. I slow roast. And so God is desiring for you sometimes to just slow down and to wait and allow him to speak to you. Isaiah 40 uh, verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And if you know the song, it's what, what comes after that. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. I'm the only one that knows that. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. Sometimes we have to wait. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Sometimes the reason we aren't getting what we need is because we aren't seeking his will. We're still trying to do it in our own knowledge, in our own strength, in our own wisdom, or going our own way. Here's the thing. Even if your heart is right and you're not seeking God's will in that situation, God may not be able to reward you with the destination that you want. See, I don't think that God is in the business of, of giving his kids rewards when they're not obeying when they're not walking in full obedience, when they're not walking that path that he wants them on. Because God is more interested in your soul than your success. I'm going to say that one more time. You can write that down, okay? Think about this with other people in your life. God is more interested in your soul than your success. He doesn't care how new your car is. He wants to make sure that you know him so that you're going to be with him for all of eternity. So God blesses through obedience and through walking in the right path. And if you're not on the right path, if you're going a different way and it seems hard and it seems like God is not with you, you need to look around your surroundings and make sure that you're acknowledging him in all your ways and you're actually walking the path that he wants. Amen? This is what God desires for you, is for you, you to walk with him. That you would know him. God wants the best for you. And he knows what's best. But it may not be what you think you want. We don't always get what we want, but... Get, man, you guys are... We don't always get what we want, but we get what we need, right? Here's, here's what it is, following God. Acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. He will clear the path in front of you. He will make sure that you do not stumble and you do not fall. He will make sure that you have enough energy to finish out the race he's setting before you. But if you're going your own path, then it's not going to be there. Come on in, kids. You can come in. They're coming in a little bit early here. We're going to do baptism here in a second. God wants you to follow his path. And it starts with this verse, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Let's read it together one more time. Trust in the Lord 
with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Amen. Amen. That's God's desire for you. Aiden, you can hop in there and start getting ready to jump in that baptismal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. And then I, I've got a song that we're going to play a little bit that actually has this verse in it. And I really want you to write this verse down. I want you to memorize this verse if you can. I want you to think about this throughout the week. And if you're going through a struggle, I want you to make sure that your life is checked out with this verse. It actually makes sense with what you're doing, that you're doing all of these things first. And then it says he'll make your path straight. And I think it's more than just that. He's not just making your path straight. He's agreeing to walk with you, which I think is even more powerful. Let's pray. Lord, I do thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for that proverb that guides us, that instructs us, that tells us how we're to live. And Lord, I pray that we would walk in your knowledge and your revelation, that we would become exactly what you want us to become. Jesus, right now, we uh, allow you to be our guide, you to be our map maker, you to be the path creator. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.